Ciao, and welcome to the Frontier Space Podcast, a dialogue about how space technology and exploration are transforming our solar system. Hello, Vasco. We're delighted to have you here today on the Frontier Space Podcast. Thank you. It's also a pleasure to be here. I wish we made it to the SSP with ISU last summer. Yeah, it was uh, our first uh, meeting. It was a good opportunity for me also, because, uh, you know, I came from a community that is not directly the space community, came from plasma physics. And of course, uh, okay, we will discuss a bit this during this uh, podcast, I guess. So, um, but yeah, we are trying to join our plasma with the space activity. So it was a great opportunity for us to meet at uh, uh, ISCC. Nice. Seems like a lot of it really um, yeah, interesting and and forward moving research on on plasma plasma reactors and, and carbon dioxide decomposition and, and everything you're you're into. Uh, yeah, so um, we are um, as a, as we are saying, we are bringing our plasma into this uh, possibility to. Uh, well, take advantage of natural resources on Mars in this case. Uh, so it was uh, the composition of carbon dioxide that exists on the Martian atmosphere in abundance. So essentially, Martian atmosphere is carbon dioxide. So about 96% of that, the atmosphere is composed of carbon dioxide. And we are trying to uh, decompose it to extract the oxygen. So um, then we can we can also see a bit what we can do with the oxygen, but uh, plenty of things, in fact. But that's the the the, the broad idea is is that one. So so I I don't know exactly in each order if I just uh, move on and start discussing a bit, or if you want to guide me a bit uh, on the discussion. Yeah, I think a general kind of background in terms of. Um... What exactly is plasma and how um, this influences um, yeah. gases? And, and so, uh, so uh, let's start from the beginning. So, uh, plasma, uh, anyone that uh, Googles and finds in Wikipedia will read that uh, plasma is the fourth state of matter. So this goes on uh, a little bit the image we get from uh, elementary school of uh, states of matter. So if we uh, start with uh, uh, with ice, with a cube of ice, and we start heating, so we are putting energy uh, into the system, then after a while we will melt and we will have this phase transition from solid to, to liquid. Uh, we are all familiar with this. And then uh, if we continue to uh, uh, supply energy to the system, then the um, bonds between the different molecules will break and the molecules separate and we have a gas. So we have another phase transition to vapor or to a gas. And then the one obvious question is what happens if we keep uh, heating the system, if we keep supplying energy to the system? Uh, and the answer is that uh, after a while we have enough energy so that some of the electrons uh, start to really uh, be separated from the nucleus. So in other words, the gas starts to ionize. And that's the, the transition to the plasma state. So plasma is, first of all, uh, ionized gas. Uh, this is a, a nice image, and I always like to, to remember the um, Greek and classical antiquity, where they had this image of uh, elements, uh, earth, water, air, and fire, and these are, in fact, the four states of matter, not the elements, but the states of matter. So solid, liquid, um, gas, and plasma, because fire is, in fact, one example of a natural plasma. So it's an ionized gas, first of all. And then um, there are more uh, more elements in this definition. I will just mention them for completeness. So, so it's an ionized gas that is quasi-neutral, which means about the same number of positive and negative charges. 
uh, and then uh, we add the, to the definition it exhibits a collective behavior. So I will not dwell now what exactly this means. Um, but this collective behavior is inducive uh, because uh, kinetic energy, average kinetic energy of particles should be much larger than the interaction potential energy. So, uh, yeah, this is a bit strange maybe, but uh, on a second thought, it's a natural constraint because if the potential energy is very big, the electrons will recombine with the ions immediately and we lose the plasma state. So we need to have a lot of thermal agitation, so a lot of kinetic energy uh, of the charged particles. So this is a uh, yeah, textbook definition of plasma. Um, and then, of course, we start thinking, so why, why plasma can be interesting for this application? Mm -hmm. So going back uh, to the broad or main idea regarding this in-situ resource utilization on Mars, so we have carbon dioxide there, we want to break uh, the molecule. Carbon dioxide, we know uh, from Earth and uh, global warming and, uh, and so on, that it's a very stable molecule. So it's very difficult to break. So we need a lot of energy to, to do that. Uh, but if we have this plasma, so we have free electrons. Electrons are very light. So their inertia is very small. Uh, and they are charged. So we can accelerate them easily with the electric fields. So that's uh, uh, another important aspect. So with electric fields, we accelerate electrons very easily to relatively high, um, well, energies. And then when they are going very fast, it's uh, almost a cartoon image. Right? Electron comes very fast, collides with carbon dioxide molecule and breaks it. And so we have, we have part of the, the, the mechanism. It's these electrons that transfer their energy in collisions to um, the carbon dioxide molecule and actually break it. And then we start having a mixture, carbon dioxide, maybe carbon monoxide, but also the oxygen we are interested in. Uh, and that's already an, in, an important uh, aspect of, of, of the problem. So one, one question that appears uh, or that is um, important to consider is that uh, Martian natural conditions are very good for this process to occur. Um, because we can ask the same question, so can we do this on Earth? Uh, or what is different between uh, Earth uh, and Mars? We can do it on Earth, but uh, Earth has a much thicker atmosphere. And so it's, uh, I don't know, roughly 150 times uh, thicker than uh, Martian atmosphere. And if there are many molecules around, when the electrons start to accelerate from the electric fields, they start colliding before gaining enough energy to dissociate. So the electrons start gaining energy, but immediately they collide. So they, it's a process with a lot of friction, so to say. And in Mars, because the pressure is a bit lower, the electrons have time to fly a bit before they collide, so they gain energy that it's enough to, to dissociate the molecule. So this is another aspect that is uh, interesting for plasma is that the natural conditions on Mars are quite good for, for the plasma operation, in particular pressure conditions. Also temperature is uh, interesting, but less critical than pressure. Also the minor constituents of the atmosphere uh, of Mars, nitrogen and argon are interesting for plasma operation, but maybe I will I will skip these details at, at this moment. Um, and this is this is the zero order effect. So we have free electrons that are accelerated by electric fields and they collide and dissociate the molecule. Um, Yeah, that's awesome. Um, thanks for the, the this kind of uh, this picture and and video in our minds. Almost um, these such a these this complex plasma chemistry on top of the um, 
looks like the um, electrode layer of the solid oxide membrane. Hmm. Yeah, so so this is so this is the the next and at the moment the, the technical the more challenging aspect of of, of it is that uh, once you have this uh, soup with uh, carbon monoxide carbon dioxide uh, oxygen atoms oxygen molecules and so on we need to extract the, the oxygen and so that's a, a a very big challenge and presently the, the bigger challenge. Uh, dissociating the carbon uh, dioxide, okay, it's difficult to make it very efficiently, but more or less uh, we know how to do it in a reasonably efficient way. But the real difficulty at the moment is the, the this separation of the oxygen. So this is work uh, that is being led by mainly by our, by our colleagues uh, at the Netherlands, at the, the Dutch Institute for Fundamental Energy Research. Um, that are working with these solid oxide uh, membranes. Uh, and uh, the, um, of course we need we need a very very pure uh, oxygen stream after all this process because we want to have oxygen, okay, maybe for breathing uh, in a small environment. It's not terraforming Mars, but it's uh, to have some, available oxygen for life support uh, in, in small rooms or whatever. Uh, and also this oxygen can be used for uh, uh, production of uh, propellants of fuels to, to, to return back to Earth. So uh, again, on the cartoon image, uh, I used to say, okay, let's build a gas station on Mars. So we, we have oxygen to breathe. But we can also use oxygen and the carbon monoxide that is also separated um, to produce uh, fuels for uh, rocket propellants. So that's that's also quite uh, quite uh, um, exciting. So this separation is is uh, yeah really work in progress and it's uh, uh, the main uh, bottleneck at this moment. We have very nice. Uh, preliminary results, very recent. Uh, nothing is published yet, so it's a work in progress. But there is a, a proof of concept internally, so we we managed to 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 couple for the first time uh, plasma with the solid oxide uh, um, electrolysis cells, and to see uh, oxygen on the other side. Still, many things unknown. In some conditions, this is not working. Yeah, as we would expect at first, uh, we need to fully characterize, uh, but it's uh, it's looking good. It's looking promising. Um, was it like um, what was the composition of oxygen on the other side? Was it like towards like over ninety percent close to like? In terms no, of no, it will, it will be it will be hundred percent. So we cannot afford to have we cannot afford to have uh, impurities, in particular carbon monoxide, eh? because if we want to use this um, uh, oxygen for breathing, uh, we cannot we cannot have any contamination. So these uh, membranes is a good image uh, for these uh, uh, cells. They permeate only only oxygen. So the, the oxygen atoms will stick to the, the, the surface and then they will, uh, uh, or maybe the molecule, but then they have to dissociate and then they will be negatively charged. They will capture electrons and then the, these negative ions will be transported on the, the vacancies of the, of the material. Uh, and that's it. So on the other side, we extract only uh, oxygen. Um, yes. Was reading the publication. Um, you, you mentioned the um, molecular oxygen radicals there, like travel through the vacancies of the um, uh, the membrane. Yes, yes. So that's uh, in fact what is traveling is is um, it's atomic oxygen. But on the adsorption, so before it starts being transported across the membrane, maybe it's molecular oxygen that is a source. So we have a mixture of many things. 
so some atomic oxygen will absorb, some molecular oxygen will be absorbed. Um, if it is molecular oxygen, we have to dissociate it on the membrane. Um, and then it has to become negatively charged. And what is transported is actually the, the double negatively charged oxygen ion uh, on the membrane. And so then on the other side, so when this permeation is complete, so the reverse process somehow has to, has to occur. So we recover, we recombine, and the molecular oxygen will resolve. It, it seems like um, there might be a certain kind of uh, amount of material degradation or corrosion um, over time with that membrane. I'm curious. Yeah, well, all the all these are, are challenges, of course. So uh, um, this is part of uh, this, uh, yeah, <laughs> lifetime of the system. So uh, we have not yet studied this in detail. Um, so we are we are in a prior phase, uh, the more proof of concept yes. phase, and on the engineering uh, engineering phase. But this, uh, of course, this will be concerned. Um, we are rather optimistic that this can operate for uh, well many many hours. Um, we don't need, in principle, to to have external heating to to the system, uh, but there will be heating. So the, there will be uh, transport the energy from the plasma itself, and we will we'll heat the brain. Uh, so there are many uh, engineering problems to to solve uh, later on. So one yes, yes, <laughs> but important yes. ones, you know. So, yeah, in, in, the, in the end, that's what counts. It in the experiments you um you mentioned about uh, a yttria based reactor and these dielectric barrier discharge DBD reactors and these fast ionization waves and a pulse regime of. The one kilohertz. So. Mm -hmm. It's like some epic experiments. <laughs> yeah. So uh, okay, um, we need to to choose uh, the plasma source that we want to, to to use in the end. So what is the best? So we are exploring many different um, configurations uh, for now, uh, but still. Uh, in a in a characterization phase because in the end um the 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 this the final design and this well if we want to really uh, develop a prototype we need to have a, a integrated view so, so we we know more or less uh, the, the behavior of different plasma sources so we can excite with rf radio frequency or with a microwave or this dielectric barrier uh, so we can try different processes. What they will change will be um, the plasma composition itself. So how, how fast our, are our electrons, uh, how energetic they are, how, what is the fraction of uh, molecules that is actually ionized, yeah. how, how big is our dissociation. Uh, so they will change a little bit these characteristics and then we need to to couple with this membrane part with the separation uh, and then okay we also need to choose the, the exactly uh okay materials for it although this is more or less stabilized but uh, um in the detail we need to to see uh, the, the geometry so how to how close, how far of the plasma to have the membrane, maybe directly in contact with the plasma, maybe a little bit afterwards. So all these things have to be have to be studied carefully. Uh, at this moment, we are again the plasma we more or less know for different plasma sources, different excitation conditions, and we are choosing a configuration that is convenient to couple the plasma with the membrane. So to prove this concept that plasma can actually um, enhance the performance of this uh, of this membrane, um, 
compared to no plasma at all. And so because uh, if we if we uh, look at uh, MOXI, so the, the machine, the NASA machine that is actually producing oxygen on Mars already, it uses also one of these uh, solid oxide electrolysis cells. But, but the concept is very different because um, uh, they took advantage of technology that exists on Earth, uh, which is evidently a smart thing to do. But if I put it in a very, uh, well, sim simplistic way, if you take a technology from Earth to Mars, the first thing that you have to do to operate it is to recreate the conditions on Earth. So you arrive on Mars, you face uh, atmosphere uh, that is thinner, so pressure is uh, smaller than on Earth, uh, that is colder. And so the first thing that you have to do is to compress the atmosphere, and to heat your gas, and then you use this technology that is available on Earth. So essentially, it's CO2 that absorbs on the membrane, and then it catalytically and enhanced with heat, you dissociate the CO2 on the membrane, and again, then it's the process that I was describing. Then you have oxygen, you charge negatively, and you transport uh, along the vacancies. But so the MOXIS, so the, the, the NASA machine, uh, which of course is an amazing <laughs> achievement and inspiration for all of us, um, it, it's, it, it spends most of the power by recreating the conditions on Earth. So by compressing and by heating. Uh, what, what we are looking at is a alternative or complementary approach where we try to, we put more energy on the creation of the plasma and the dissociation of the plasma of the CO2 molecule sorry and then we don't need uh, compression and we don't need to heat uh, because already dissociation is pre-made in the plasma and the plasma will transport the heat anyway so it's uh, the, the concept is in one way very different from Moxie, in another way very similar. Um, but yes. the, where you put the power and where you spend your energy is uh, in very different places. Yeah? Cool. Um, I think we have a better understanding now. And um, it's also really interesting to, um, to learn about how CO2 splitting has 25 vibrational levels with the 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 vibrational translation and vibration vibration relaxation reactions and yeah so like this is a applies to a lot <laughs> yeah it's a it's a very uh, I, I like that part very much um I, I have to say because it's for my prior formation um, but in reality i was not telling the complete truth when I, in the beginning i said uh, that the uh, pressure on mars is perfect because uh, for plasma because electrons fly and they accelerate and they gain enough energy and when they hit the CO2 molecule, they will dissociate it. Okay, that's true, but only part of the truth. Because they will uh, also um, be able to put the molecule to vibrate. And in fact, most of the times they will not dissociate the molecule of CO2 when they collide. They will just put the molecule to vibrate. So the... Uh, it, the first reaction is that, uh, oh, this is disappointing because we want to channel all our energy into the dissociation, so not to, to the vibrations. That, that seems like we are losing energy. Um, but in reality, uh, there are two, two things related to these vibrations. The first one is that if we dissociate directly with a, a collision by the electrons, we need to go through a highly excited electronic state. So we spend more energy than we need. So the dissociation energy is like 5.5 electron volt, and we need to spend like seven electron volts. So we need to go above uh, if there is a direct electron impact. Um, and if we manage to do it just vibrationally, we don't need to go so high. When the molecule is vibrating with an amplitude that is large enough, it will break. Uh, so we don't need to go above the 5.5. Uh, the second thing is that uh, 
we can uh, maybe take advantage of this internal energy, of this energy in the vibration. So maybe it's not actually lost. So in some conditions when the molecules, the vibrating molecules collide, they manage to exchange uh, vibration quantum, meaning one molecule, when they two molecules collide, once becomes vibrating even more. And the other, of course, loses energy, but we take advantage of the one that vibrates more and approaches this dissociation. So we can use uh, and we can get some help from this vibration energy to overcome the dissociation barrier, which is quite, quite interesting. Uh, another thing is that it's not completely lost because it will heat a bit the plasma and maybe we will need this heating again to, to help on the, on the membrane. Uh, so that's um, also a, a path that we are exploring a bit. So it's already a, a bit of optimization uh, on the dissociation process. So take advantage of the energy that is channeled to the vibrations. Okay, maybe uh, we can be smart enough to, instead of seeing it as a loss, to take it in our advantage. Also, the absorption on the, the surfaces can be interesting uh, with vibrating molecules. Nice. It, it sounds like you guys also had some significant results with... Um with the plasma reactor in the synthetic Mars atmosphere. Sorry, I, I didn't really understand. It sounds like you had significant results with the plasma reactor in the uh, synthetic Mars atmosphere as well. Yes, yes. So it's um, it, it's a twofold uh, um, investigation uh, because okay, all this started very conceptually. Yeah? I will not say theoretical because that's a bit too strong uh, expression, but it started, uh, yeah, with uh, with idea. So, uh, well, finally, I will lose theoretical with a theoretical prediction that all these Martian conditions would be good, and uh, we made a very first preliminary simulation to support our arguments, uh, and then we. We first step was that okay, we have to go to the lab and to, to, to have a, a, a minimum uh, evidence that our claims are um, meaningful. So we went to 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 the lab to ignite the plasma in real realistic Martian conditions. So meaning yeah, synthetic Mars uh, uh, composition, uh, very easy to model and to make simulations because with geometry, uh, gas flow were not a problem. So these experiments were made by our, by our colleagues in France, um, the Laboratoire Physique de Plasma in Ecole Polytechnique. Um, it's another partner of, of the project. Uh, and they characterized the, the degree of dissociation and the vibration temperatures that we have on the different modes. Um, and we uh, we managed to, to interpret and explain what was observed. So first we observed CO2 dissociation of the order of 20-25%, which is quite good uh, considering that is a reactor for fundamental studies and it's in line with values in the, in the literature. And then the second aspect, I said it's twofold. So first to experimentally show that this is possible, and the second is that because it's such a controlled reactor, we have the perfect tool to develop a model that describes the plasma chemistry in Martian conditions. So this means that we can validate and tune our all our reactions, the different rate coefficients and so on, by comparing our simulations with the, the experimental data. So this was a successful achievement, I think. Uh, we have seen the, the CO2 dissociation in Martian conditions. Nice. We have verified uh, a little bit of uh, in positive effects of this composition. Uh, and at the same time, we managed to develop a model for the plasma quite well validated and we can now use for more complex uh, reactors to help on the design and so on. Awesome. Um, and so with this compressed gas, you know, passing it through the um, 
plasma field and 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 the membrane and um so you guys are proposing this demo with a you know i think it was like a 25 by 20 by 5 centimeter large kind of shoebox i would say to and 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 these estimates are around were looked quite exciting and surprising yeah yeah so this is a uh, okay of course uh, we we started uh, with a uh, let me say head on mars and a little bit uh, head on the air just oh this is exciting we can do something interesting but of course uh, then we need to to sit down and to to work out the numbers and uh, and see uh if uh, this can be really something that is potentially interesting or is just possible but uh, in a very inefficient way so inefficient that it's not interesting at all um and uh, from the beginning, we had we had these uh, these numbers uh, that, that you you are mentioning. So of course we have a standard. Eh? So again, Moxie, so NASA machine uh, sets up a, a standard. It's working. It's there. It's uh, very robust. They are working on how to improve it, of course. Um, so it's only expected to uh, to perform better than what is performing at the moment. Uh, but this gives already a, a benchmarking. So the Moxie is a, this shoebox about uh, 25 centimeters side. It weights uh, about 15 kilograms uh, and uh, is producing oxygen uh, at the rate uh, uh, about 5.5 grams per hour. Uh, so it's what they are, the numbers they are, that are announced more or less like so we were uh, estimating if our plasma reactor could be uh, competitive with these numbers. Of course, for the moment, all these uh, experiments and data that I mentioned, they are made in a very ugly and very heavy reactor. Right? So nothing optimizing. It's a proof of concept. So uh, we are not too much worried with it. But if we want to be realistic, uh, we start thinking. And we, we can have a reactor that is more or less the same uh, shoebox, but with one dimension less. So something like 25, 25 times 5 instead of times 25. So that makes it uh, shorter, uh, smaller, nice. sorry, smaller. Nice. And also uh, instead of 15 kilograms, uh, we we believe that we can do with all the shielding components, uh, plasma source and so on, to make it weight about six uh, kilograms. Uh, for for the production rate, uh, our expectation is that we can also get more than five point five grams per hour. But even if we have the same, the the fact that we reactor can be smaller uh, and lighter. It's yeah, already a big advantage for a uh, space exploration, of course. And it's awesome. So, and, and sorry, sorry, here sorry. over the numbers, it look, looks like a third of the weight of Moxie at uh, 14 grams of uh, O2 per hour, around six times larger than the current design of Moxie. Yeah, exactly. So this, if if the numbers work out correctly, in the end, we could have about six times. A better uh, performance in terms of let's say kilogram of instrumentation sent to Mars, so oxygen produced per kilogram of instrumentation sent to Mars with the same power. It's the same power. Um, for the moment, it, it's a long way to go. Right? So there's a long way to go, but for the moment, every result that we are obtaining uh, is confirming these numbers, or at least is not making us drift or uh, doubt these numbers. We never know. At any moment, we can have a, a, a step back or uh, some bad news. But for now, uh, our progress is supporting uh, these, these estimations. So we keep we keep uh, excited and happy. Let's yeah. see. And, and then toward the end of the paper, you mentioned a full-scale system could produce 100 times more O2. So. Uh, wow. Yeah, so this the 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 goal. Uh, it's it's okay. This is a, this is a toy, of course. Eh? So this is a toy. It's a small machine, again, the similar to 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 Moxie, 
but uh, to to give an idea if we uh, um, think now okay we sent uh, someone to mars let's let's send uh, uh, some astronauts to to mars and he's there and uh, he's, he needs to survive for a full day uh, he needs to breathe about um, yeah one kilogram of oxygen roughly so if, if we are producing uh, let's say 10 grams per hour and uh, let's say that uh, we can have uh, uh, the solar panels fully illuminated about four hours. So we will produce uh, yeah, 40 grams per hour, per, per day, or Martian day. Uh, so that uh, the factor of 100 came from this. So uh, 40 times 10 is 400. So maybe not 100, maybe 25 would be enough, but okay. Something between a factor of 10 and 100 uh, would make uh, this already interesting, let's say, at the human scale, producing enough uh, oxygen to start thinking, uh, yeah, on supporting a real, a real mission, a real mission to, to Mars. Um, and it, it um, you know, gee whiz, I think it, the, these plasma fields, you start to wonder where else they should be and, and where else they could be. Um, the opportunities there on and applications yeah you know beyond mars you know both here here on earth but also also venus i i think it's very promising yes uh okay that's a, a flattering uh, comment for me because it's my field so of course uh, i believe that uh, plasmas can be uh, useful uh, for life on earth as well uh, I, I said we were working on um, CO2 conversion on Earth when we start singing on Mars. So it's uh, a, a somewhat similar idea. The, the operating conditions are different, but yeah, it's to go for production of synthetic fuels. So if you use a renewable energy, um, uh, we know uh, renewable energy has this problem of intermittency uh, and also a geographical issue. So we produce in one place on hard and maybe we need to use it somewhere else. Uh, and we have this problem that sometimes we can have a lot of sun or wind or whatever, and we can produce a lot, maybe more than what we can consume. Uh, and in some other times we really need energy and we don't have it available. Um, so there is a, 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 a intermediate step that is uh, interesting, which is to store the energy. Can we store it? So if we have excess, can we store? Um, there are no magic solutions. And if I mention storage of energy, uh, most people will think, yeah, okay, batteries, let's put it on batteries. Uh, but we all know um, batteries, okay, we can store for a while, but you cannot store for a, a, a long, long time and they have problems of their own. Every technology has problems of their own. Yeah. Our view is that uh, we could use this excess energy to produce uh, synthetic fuels, just with renewable energy. So, so if we yeah. have a surplus of energy that we are not using, let's produce, let me use the word, let's produce some gasoline or whatever. And then we can store it in a barrel and it stays there for years. And we can use it when when it's necessary. Um, yeah, so, was, um, yeah, just doing some research, and um, it seems like we want these plasma fields really anywhere there's gas conversion and infiltration for methane, water, hydrogen, nitrogen. It sounds like a more energetic efficiencies separation. Yeah, it's it's. Uh, I, I use the expression. It's a. Uh, uh, molecule breaker technology. So we can convert different chemicals. Uh, you, water is, of course, interesting. We can use it for decontamination. I, I heard about another project um, from colleagues in the UK that they were thinking on using it precisely for uh, uh, sterilization and decontamination of water for space missions. Um, and uh, okay, nitrogen is also interesting, uh, mainly for uh, fertilized, not mainly, but to a big extent to 
to for production of fertilizers uh, on Earth already. Um, and also we were thinking, okay, if we start looking on our technology far, 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 far uh, away in the future, once you have the oxygen separated, uh, the Martian atmosphere also has nitrogen. And if you mix the nitrogen with the oxygen that we have separated, then we can produce uh, nitric oxides, which are based for a fertilizer. So if we think on uh, make agriculture on Mars, uh, you can have uh, also the production of fertilizers there. But uh, like going back to Earth, it's also yeah a molecule breaker technology for Earth that can produce uh, or help uh, on the production of different molecules ammonia, different uh, uh, nitrogen compounds. Yes. Uh, and um, you mentioned, you know, plasma thrusters for space propulsion, and, and I was also reading about how um, proton exchange membrane fuel cells had, um, are, are beginning to utilize these plasma fields too, to, to, to both form water and, and um, split uh, and 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 the reverse reaction. Yes. Yeah, so, uh, yeah. If I if I understood correctly your your question, uh, we we can we can joint part of uh, um, let's say electrochemical technology from plasmas with the standard uh, electrochemical technologies. For instance, uh, water electrolysis. Um, and, and then uh, uh, possibilities multiply. Uh, because one, one thing that is interesting of, of this plasma technology uh, is that it's very versatile. I think this is the word. When we are now discussing, okay, different molecules, different uh, production of different chemicals, it's very versatile because the same machine, just by changing the, the gas that you feed or the way that, that you mix it afterwards, you can go to produce different uh, um, different uh, molecules and, or different chemicals. So that's yeah. one. Uh... Um, I was really trying to model in in, in our heads these um, these gas gas flowing through this plasma field, and we're imagining this kind of this plasma. Um, charged particles spiraling in this helical geometrical mm -hmm. shape and where, whereby we can almost begin to model these and and, and quantify that the angle of collisions with with the electrons and and, and the scattering angles um and so we're wondering like how does the this does the electron flow if it's disordered or if it's ordered and how that influences the molecular uh, mm -hmm. species and composition yeah, this uh, this depends on the actual design that uh, that will be used. So you have uh, you have for every taste, uh, so to say. So you can design a reactor uh, where the flow is very uh, steady and uh, there is no turbulence, and so you have a well behaved system. We see the the, the molecules flowing and the reactions taking place uh, in a very smooth way but you can also take advantage of uh, mixing of uh, uh, different uh, uh, gas mixings so to have uh, different types of flows to have even turbulent flow to mix uh, regions of uh, hot temperature plasma with cold surrounding regions so so this is more a question of the design the exact design and uh, it's possible, you are right, it's possible to, to take advantage of this for certain, uh, for certain uh, applications. So on Earth, this is a, a very uh, active uh, field of research. So in, in line what you were saying, so to, to see the different angles to, to make, a, uh, in fact, a computational fluid dynamic simulation of the full system. Uh, uh, and see with this uh, gas mixing how you can enhance the, the efficiency of the of the process uh, on yeah. Mars. 
it's possible to think in this type of designs, eh? but um, uh, it's maybe less uh, critical or less uh, a less interesting direction to explore than on Earth because of this question of weight. So we, we have to keep it the reactor relatively simple so that it's light and that it's uh, small. I'm not saying it's not uh, worth to explore on Mars, uh, but it's not as easy as on Earth because here we are not so much limited by certain uh, restrictions. Uh, but yes, but, uh, there is a zero effect, how much we dissociate, how much atoms arrive to the main brain, and then there are all, all uh, layers of complexity that are on the top of it. And of course, this flow dynamics is one of them. One of them. And then with these um with these computational models, we're wondering if you've been how about the 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 magnetic forces and attractions in the plasma field on the effects of dissociation? Uh, yeah, so uh, the, the the plasma that we have is uh, weakly ionized. Uh, to put the number, it's uh, like only one in one million of molecules is ionized, or maybe even slightly less, uh, which means that um, we don't have a strong magnetic fields. So in fact, for these reactors, uh, magnetic fields are not uh, playing any uh, special role. Magnetic fields, even yes, though, yes. Even though like the electrons, they're following the electromagnetic field lines, they're, they're following the magnetic field lines, right? Um, yeah, so you, you, you can operate a reactor that by design uh, will have a magnetic field. So you have magnets in, in your reactor and try to take advantage of this configuration. Uh, but what I meant is that, that we don't have to worry with magnetic fields created by the electrons themselves or by the ions. But, but our understanding is that based on Maxwell's equations is that the magnetic fields are there automatically generated. From the electron flow, uh, and so there's, that, there's a perpendicular magnetic vector force acting on the on the reactions. It's true, it's true, but uh, this magnetic field will be uh, uh, relatively relatively weak, or it it will be in fact weak enough so that we don't have to worry with with it. So we we don't need to take it into account in the simulations unless there is an external magnetic field. So the, the, you are right. As, as, as soon as we have electrons or ions that are moving, we have magnetic fields. But the magnitude will be very small and will not perturb, perturb the, the motion of the, of the electrons. In the, in the length scale of our reactor, it's 20 centimeters. So. Nice. Um, OK. and. The last thing here is uh, we were reading about how um, how radiation and these ionizing alpha and beta particles influence the vacancies, whereby each time the electrons hit the vacancy, there's a the electrons um, it flips their spin and angular momentum and induces this type of skew scattering and and side jumps that would be important in um, to monitor the uh, the membrane lifespan and 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 all of these vacancies um, over time and yes, but a lot of ground testing and testing and um, yes. So I I confess that I'm a person from the plasma side. Uh, so these uh, all these um, technology for the membranes is not really my specialty. So it's again, the, the, our colleagues from uh, from uh, DIFR that are developing this, uh, uh, this part. Um, so I, I think I cannot really make a, a competent comment on, a, on such microscopic detail. Uh, so I, I know or uh, what what I can say is I already said more or less. So we need to to absorb the, the atoms. We need to to charge them uh, so that they they will be transported on the vacancies. There there are many design considerations here, um, mainly related to uh, where how 
if you put the, the electrodes on the membrane because the standard design uh, you need to have the supports so this yttria uh, zirconia uh, and then you have the electrode and then you have the gas phase or the plasma so you have these three components uh, and the transition uh, all this transport will be made on the interface of, of all this but they are thinking on a, on a different type of designs that precisely take advantage of the fact that you already have the plasma. Also, uh, we, we, we pass through this very briefly. So the, the atoms or molecules absorb, but when you have the oxygen atoms on the membrane, they have to become negatively charged. So they can become negatively charged because we pass current on the cell so it's a solid oxide electrolysis cell. So you can polarization, and you uh, you have electrons flowing on the electrodes, but maybe you don't need them, and you can just use the electrons from the plasma to charge negatively your absorbed species, and then transport them through the vacancies. So all this is a lot of research still in front. But this would be, if I can use the expression, would be the Graal, that we, we could um, use the electrodes only to generate the plasma and the full system with auto-adjust as to take what it needs to, to operate. But this is a, a bit far-fetched, but we still hope that maybe this is possible. And I think it's... Um... So a few last comments here. I think it's really uh, mind-boggling to imagine how much we could do with these hydrocarbons and in, in, in the oxygen and the carbon, you know, and and the water. All synthesize a bunch of hydrocarbons um, in situ beyond Earth where we want. And I think that um, we could consider the plasma fields for tailpipes and cars too, and I think the fields, these plasma fields, hold great potential for Venus as well, and it's it's very exciting. Yes, thank you. There is no, no there is no magic solution, eh? but uh, I also believe that for this, uh, uh, well, to help on cars and so on, uh, it would be it is doable. Uh, the question is, uh, how expensive is it? So to, to go. Yeah. All right. Well, th thank you so much, Vasco, for your time today and everything you're doing. Was... No, thank you as well for uh, your interest in our in our work, and it's a pleasure to to speak with you, of course. So, uh, look forward to. Uh, meeting you sometime and next time and supporting work so yeah the same thank you see you thanks bye